Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'd like to welcome you back to the special edition of the TOT cast. We're doing a World Juniors preview. My name is David Morissuti. And as usual, I have Jake Milton join me here as Chris Okranis continues to take a break from hockey podcasts. Uh, so, Jake, excited for the tournament this year? I am very excited. All right, so this tournament's been around for a long time, but I, I think it hasn't really been a, a big staple tradition in Canada maybe the last 20 years, I would say. twenty years. It has been? Well, it has been for the last 20 years. I think it's been a big staple, but I think recently it's become a really popular thing in Canada with the way the TSN uh, broadcasts and the hype it gets around it. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I mean... I think it's it's probably one of the most enjoyable things I get to watch during the entire hockey season, to be honest. I, I love watching it. I mean, I think it's just unique because you get to see the, the future stars of uh, of tomorrow, and it's it's great looking back and seeing all the, the good talent that's come out of this tournament. When did you first start watching the tournament? Uh, ooh, I've watched it for a while. Probably about 2008 or so, right around the John Tavares time. I was about to say that. See, like my first time watching was uh, 2007 when Jonathan Taves absolutely went bonkers against the U.S. in the shootout, and Carey Price stood on his head. So that was like the first time I watched it. The year after, I didn't really watch it. There wasn't really much that Canada offered, even though they won. Uh, but yeah, again, I got rejuvenated when John Tavares. I mean, I I watched John Tavares a lot in juniors, and have him on the big stage with Canada was was pretty good. I think that Ottawa. That, that year in Ottawa, which was the 2009 World Juniors, probably one of the best World Juniors I've ever seen. Uh, you and I were talking about it beforehand, about that that game where John Ferris absolutely walked all over the U.S., scoring a hat-trick, winning 7-4. That was probably one of the best, one of the best Team Canada games I've ever watched. Any, in any, I mean, even the, world, the gold medal games are always special. The Vancouver Olympics was special, but that game was just so much fun. I don't know if you had a favorite game from the World Juniors, Jake, that, that stood out to you? Uh, probably the Eberle goal. I was big. That was a huge goal. So we're talking about the one against Russia in that yeah, same year? Yeah, when he tied yeah. it with five seconds left or something like that. It was like, yeah, four, three or four seconds. I, I remember just running around my house. That was absolutely <laughs> nuts. And, and for the fact that he did it two years in a row because he also did it when the – when we're playing against uh, the U.S., we're down by two goals, and he scores both goals to tie. We end up losing in overtime, but yeah, that was the final. I, I think that brought yeah, that was the Jordan Everly show. Everyone was always wondering if he could just come back to play the last five minutes of any game for Canada because that kid had something special. So looking into this year, so Canada we're hosting. Well, obviously Toronto Montreal are the joint hosts this year, but. Uh, Team Canada hasn't really done well in this tournament the last few years. Obviously, they won gold two years ago, and then last year they had a poor showing in Finland. But before we get to Team Canada, we're going to talk about how this tournament could be an intriguing one for the Toronto Maple Leafs, for fans that may want a little bit of a break from the from the big club and looking at some players. I think last year had a little more intrigue just because the Leafs had more 
higher end prospects like Mitch Marner, uh, William Nylander, Dmitry Trimashov was there. But this year, there's still some pretty decent prospects going to the tournament. So let's look at those. Uh, obviously, for the U.S., we got Jeremy Bracco and Joseph Wool. So, uh, Jake, maybe if you want to talk about your maybe your little love interest there for Jeremy Bracco, New Jersey native, been lighting it up for Kitchener in the OHL. Long um, Island native, not New Jersey. Long Island native. Sorry, I always think you guys are always in the same boat there over in the, in the in the states in the state of New York, New Jersey. So. What have you Tri-state area. Tri-state area. Again, being corrected by the U.S. guy, it's, I should just let you take it. So, what what have you seen? What have you liked from Jerry, Jeremy Bracco's game this year? What do you think he's going to bring to the tournament? First of all, I mean, I was pretty shocked that he didn't make the the team last year. I mean, uh, as you know, Craig Button said last year, you know, he was pretty stunned with some of the picks that Team USA management made. Not to pick guys like Kyle Connor and. And Jeremy Bracco and among others but I mean he put that past him clearly I mean you know he was drafted 61st last year by the Leafs well 2015 now and I mean he was a steal I mean the guy is really small I think he's about five five nine five ten but uh, he obviously was at Boston College he left there to go to the Kitchener Rangers and and he had a really good season last year leading uh leading Kitchener to a second-round uh, loss to the eventual Memorial Cup champion, London Knights. But this year, he's just been he's just been insane. I mean, he started the season with a 26-game point streak where he was not held without a point for the entire season. Although that was ended the game after, he has, 50, he has 51 points, 17 goals, and 34 assists in his first 27 games. He's putting up Mitch Marner-like numbers for the Kitchener Rangers. I mean, yeah, I know he's not the the kid who's from Don Mills or he's not putting up five points a game, but he's consistently putting up two points a game, which is incredible. I mean, I think I read a stat that he's responsible in accounting for 42% of his team's goals with regards to goals and assists, which is insane. Just and, to, Yeah, just to put in perspective, last, the season before he had 64 points in 49 games. So he's well on his way to smashing his old uh what he did last year too oh yeah easily i mean it's it's just crazy to see uh how far he's come since he was drafted and he also looks a lot bulkier it looks a lot more sturdy than he was when he was drafted he looks he's probably at about 15 pounds yeah he's at about 180 pounds right now that's that's a big difference from the 155 he was so um but for me he's the least number one prospect right now i mean i know i had him I think I had him like seventh last year at the end of last year. And obviously there's some graduations with Austin Matthews and Nylander and Marner. But, you know, this guy is, has just been so prolific in the OHL this season that it's it's pretty hard to notice uh, that he's not the number one prospect for the Leafs. And I, I really think that he's, he's going to be a top six winger for the Leafs uh, in a couple years' time. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard not to be impressed with what what Bracco brings to the team. It's kind of surprising they did leave him off the team as long, along with Kyle Connor, considering he had Austin Matthews on the team last year. Like, that team could have been a juggernaut uh, in Finland, although the fin- that Finnish team, Finnish team was really good last year. So go- moving on to his uh, team, Team USA, team, well, Team USA teammate, uh, Joseph Wall, who plays out out in the NCAA, what have you 
when I look at Joseph Wall, I, I think of a long-term project guy. He's going to spend probably maybe this year in uh, in the NCAA. He could, depending on how long he commits there, and then possibly move up to the HL. Do you see this guy as potentially a future, the future and goal for the Leafs with Anderson only here five years, possibly? What have you? What do you see here when you see a guy like Joseph Wall? I don't know. I mean, uh, I've I've obviously gotten an opportunity to watch him a little bit. I mean, he plays for a really big program in the in the U.S. at Boston College, and uh, I mean, I have him ranked as the Leafs' number eight prospect, and obviously the number one prospect uh, goal for the goaltender position. And I mean, he he's had a pretty good start of it. He's gotten you know seventeen of the twenty starts for a really good Boston College team that. I don't know if they're they'll win the national title. That seems like BU is probably going to be uh, running away with that. But he looks pretty good. I mean, he's got decent stats. He's got ten wins, a two fifty one goals against, a nine seventeen save percentage, and a shutout. So that's pretty impressive for a freshman. And he's especially for a freshman that's taking over for Thatcher Demko, who is probably the best goaltender prospect in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, one thing I it was when he was uh, drafted in the third round, that that kind of got me my eyebrows raised and saying, okay, he's drafted in the third round by Lou Lamarillo, and we know what Lamarillo's uh, background is with goalies, especially uh, goalies who have size, and I think I think that he kind of follows the footprint of what the Leafs want, or goal, goalies with a bit of size that can. Uh, they're also athletic. Like one thing scouts say about the about uh, Wool, he's a very athletic guy. He's also very sound positioning. So he he's a guy that I'm gonna I'm gonna really watch for, especially for the U.S. who have a really crowded crease with uh, Tyler Parsons and uh, Ottinger. I think if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. So he's gonna he's gonna be in a, in a tough in tough to get some starts with Team USA. But I think uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how he plays. Uh, we're going to now move on to the other side of the pond where we got Carl Grundstrom from uh, Sweden, who's uh, who's really broken out this year for uh, for many reasons, especially with his goal-scoring ability. Uh, what have you liked from his game? What do you think he could do for Team Sweden this year? I mean, he's just the ultimate pest. He's the guy that you don't want to play against, but you love having on your team. Um, obviously his shooting numbers in the Swedish elite league are, are staggering. I think he's, he's scoring at like a 20% clip for his shots or something like that, which is obviously bound to fall off. But Hey, I mean, you run with it if you can. Um, but you know, for me, he, he's going to be that guy that just matches up with the top lines of other teams and shuts them down. He'll, he'll piss them off too. I mean, that's basically what he does. You know, he goes around, he's a professional pest. He's a, He's a guy who's who's going to pull off the like the Nazem Kadri, the the Brad Marchand, uh, and he's also going to be a big time penalty killer for them. I think he's a really big piece, and I think he's uh, the assistant captain, so it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he's we, the, there was a lot of Leafs prospects that were some people were saying were picked, uh, maybe have picked earlier than some may have projected or some scouts may have projected, but they've seemed to have worked out pretty well for the team. Uh, one guy, one guy that kind of uh, caught my eye when I watched him back at the at the rookie turn was Nikita Korostelev, uh, and he's he's certainly carried that over this season with uh, in the OHL, and he's he's playing for Team Russia at uh, at the tournament. Uh, we, we people were kind of iffy to give Nikita Korostelev some sort of uh, 
maybe like high level prospect praise, but this guy has been working hard. He's been, he's a, he's absolutely made a made a bit of a jump in the in the prospect rankings possibly for the Leafs. Uh, do do you think he's he's a guy that could could work his way up, or do you think there's still some work to be done on his game? I mean, yeah, Karosalev is you know he's he's kind of like an enigma. You know, he's he's a guy that is kind of on and off with his with his like ability to go out and play and his work ethic but i mean the guy is obviously incredibly talented i mean you know i mean for the leafs they're just on a free roll right now i mean he was taken he's the last player taken by them in 2015 and i mean he didn't have a great season last year i'm pretty sure he actually had a decline in points um, which is not good yeah he had 42 points in 53 games of sarnia and the year before that he had 53 and 55 games so there was a decline there yeah, right. And uh I mean this season he's just, you know, shown that he can be a big time scorer and a big time uh player. I mean, he's got 34 points in 29 games, so he's well on his way to to doubling the uh doubling his hopefully doubling his point total from last year and I mean, you just look at the guy, he's insanely skilled. You look at some of the the goals that he scored in the OHL, he scored big uh overtime winners and he he's just done He's done a lot for that team, and I mean, for me, he reminds me a lot of a player like a Connor Brown or or a Nikolai Kuhlman. If I'm going to follow the Leafs thing, guys who are who are really highly skilled and they can play a complete game. They can play offensively and defensively. I mean, he's a part of Team Russia for a reason. They tend to not pick guys that can't play a two way game. So, I mean, there's a reason he's on this team, and I think uh, everybody knows why. It's because of his his ability to play both ways and i mean if he continues his, his strong uh, run of form that he has in the ohl i have no reason uh to believe why he can't put up a couple of points for russia who are definitely metal gold medal contenders all right so out of the five who is your your the most you're lo- looking forward to to watch the most who's the guy that's gonna possibly have the best tournament out of the five i think it's gonna be jeremy brocco because he's probably going to be thrust in the position to to go out and and show what he's worth and and he's a guy that you we've been watching out for for a while and not many people are able to watch him outside of kitchen arrangers games i think he's going to have a, a big impact for the team usa and i predict he's i actually think he'll be the top scorer for the team yeah, okay and you know i when the when the it was, the news came out this morning that alex debrinka was going to be cut I think that also get upped his chances to being that team leader in goal. Well, not even goals, just in points. I think his vision—he's—he's he's got a great vision with the puck, and he can set up guys. And I think that'll that'll work out well for him at this tournament. And the fact that it's here in Canada, in Toronto, it's yeah. in Toronto. He's gonna wanna impress the scout. It's impress management who are gonna be watching. And the fact that there's no change in uh, in rink size, I think that'll also benefit him too. There's no adjustment be having to be made there. So now the tournament's not only great for fans to kind of see their team's prospects if you're looking at it from an NHL uh, view, but also for those that want to see draft eligible players because there's there's always those guys that are uh, they're looking to up their draft their draft uh, their draft stock. And this year we're actually not going to have the top the top two draft uh, draft ranked prospects in the actual tournament, which is very surprising, but I mean Timothy Lilligren and uh, Nolan Patrick are not going to be 
participating in the tournament this year. Patrick's been, and been dealing with injuries. Lilligren has had his injuries, but Sweden has decided to leave him home. Do you find that kind of surprising that this year somebody could possibly, out of all the draft eligible players, could maybe up his stock to a point where he could un- unseat Nolan Patrick or Lilligren? Or do you think it's this tournament won't really do that for these guys? I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at the past drafts and, and you look at the guys that have kind of risen from anonymity and, and become big-time players. I mean, guys like Patrick Laine, uh, Jonathan Druen, I mean, Nito Ryder. You know, these are guys that you don't really know who they are before the season starts, but they do stuff during the season that really puts them in the spotlight. And they obviously use the goal uh, – the the world junior stage to their advantage. And I mean, you know, obviously with Patrick line, people were like, Oh, how good is he? You know, nobody had seen him play. And then you watch him in the world juniors and you're like, wow, this kid is legitimately the best finished player we've seen since team Mussolini. I mean, people were, I myself was the one that was hyping Pooley RV over him. And, you know, clearly if we could go back, we probably wouldn't make that a uh, mistake again. But I mean, it's God, I said, Hey, he'd been impressive. Yeah, and this year there's uh, – I, I would say there's a superstar player to be watching out for when it looks at the draft eligible guys, although you may have some guys that are going to raise some eyebrows or maybe have an impact at this tournament. Who are the guys you're looking at when you're looking at the draft eligible prospects at this tournament? Uh, I think based on based on like rankings, overall prospect rankings, the first one has got to be uh, – I'm putting it based on guys who I think are going to stand out based on opportunity, uh, where they're going to be placed in the lineup, and how much they can you know, show out and, and show their skills. I mean, uh, the first one's got to be Nico Hirscher. Hirsch, uh, uh, he's a winger for the Halifax Mooseheads, a program that apparently can just breed top eligible draft picks. I mean, look at the, look at the players they've pumped out in the past couple of years. It's been insane. Um, but, you know, some of the guys... Uh, like Nathan McKinnon, Jonathan Druen, Nikolai Ehlers, uh, what's the Swedish kid that or the Swiss kid that's for San Jose? His oh. name eludes me, but he was a he was a top ten draft pick. They've had four top ten draft picks in the last three years. I mean, their ability to develop players is is really impressive for me. But I mean, Nico Hirscher, Hirscher, uh they got him in the import draft. He had a pretty good season last year. I think he had you know forty eight points for the Mooseheads. A uh, guy coming from Switzerland and coming to the United States or North America and developing that early was impressive. I mean, you know, he's not he's not big. He reminds me of of a Jonathan Drouin. He's about six foot, one hundred and seventy five pounds, but you know, he's an ins- exceptional skater. He's really good with it. He's got really good hands and a, and a deceptive shot. He's a guy that is really really going to be uh, watched out for to possibly even be a top three pick in this year's draft. I wouldn't be. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he was a top three pick. Yeah, I mean, with 48 points in 31 games, 20, 23 goals, he, he's certainly playing really well. And I mean, the Q is always a high-scoring league. Uh, it's gonna ha- guys are always gonna put up points there. But uh, I mean, he, he as you say, he's six foot, 174 pounds. He looks like he could be. Uh, he, he could look like he have a good impact on the tournament. Who? So we're looking also. You have a guy. Uh, well, you have a couple guys here, but you have a guy also from Finland that could have uh, a pretty good tournament for himself. Uh, I'll let you, I'll let you take it away with uh, with the Finnish guy. 
Yeah, uh, another guy that I'm really high on is is uh, Ellie Tolvanen. He's playing in the USHL right now. Obviously, he's uh, he plays for the Sioux City Musketeers. He's committed to Boston College for next year, uh, which is something that I, I don't think I've ever seen. Uh, a European who who's played in the USHL and is, is committed to go to a U.S. college. Uh, the last guy I can think of that was a high pick is uh, Zemgis Gergensen's because he, he played on a buddy of mine's team in the USHL. It's the only reason I would have heard of him, but... Yeah, I mean, there's no Patrick Lyonet, there's no Austin Matthews in this draft, but if you're looking for a really big-time scorer, uh, it's it's Ellie Tolvanen. He's a player that reminds me a little bit like a, a William Nylander, a, a guy who's got exceptional skating ability, really good with the puck, has a great shot too, and I mean, you know, some people are calling him the next one of the next great Finns to come out. You know, he's not... He's not big like uh, like Lion A is or Puliyarve. I think he's about six foot tall and maybe 180 pounds. But this kid's a dynamic goal scorer, and and he's going to score a lot of goals in the NHL. I don't think he'll be ready next year, so I think his uh, commitment to Boston College is pretty strong, uh, which will be a great place for him to develop. Obviously, the talent that they've pumped out is is impressive, but I think uh, with his shot, which I, in my opinion is the best shot in the entire draft I, I think he's he's gonna go top five and and i wouldn't be shocked if he puts up a lot of points in this tournament too yeah it's really it's really surprising to see a finished guy in the ushl he has 16 goals in 23 games 27 points for uh for the musketeers which which is an awesome names for for a hockey team but uh <laughs> uh yeah he, i mean the finnish guys always seem to do well determined uh so we'll see how that that works out for him you have one more uh, a goalie who is going to challenge Joseph Ole for the for the team USA to team USA net. I'll let you take it away with him. Yeah, another U.S. college kid, uh, Jake Ottinger, who for me is the best goaltending prospect in this draft. I mean, he's an American kid. He plays for the uh, BU Terriers in the NCAA Hockey East, and he's been an absolute stud this year for for BU. I mean, his I believe he's got a. a uh, his goals against is in the ones, about a 9.28 save percentage. And, I mean, that's a national championship quality team at, at BU. So I wouldn't be shocked if he's playing on a national uh, spotlight down the road. But this is a really big kid, really athletic for his size. And I think he's a future NHL number one. And for Leafs fans, I mean, we don't really have a – Develop. We've never developed a number one goalie since Tuka Rask, and unfortunately, they traded away the, the wrong guy and kept Justin Pogi. But yeah. I, I mean, if, if you want to go out and develop a guy who can come in down the road, probably be with the Leafs in maybe two or three years. You know, this is the kid. He's big. He's athletic. He's everything you're looking for in the new age NHL, and uh, he he'd definitely be high on my draft list for sure. Yeah, I mean, this year with Boston University, 15 games, he has an 8-5-2 and two record with a 1.87 goals against and a .932 save percentage, which is absolutely ridiculous. For, for a freshman, too. A He's freshman. 17. So it looks like Joseph Ole is going to have some competition in the USA net. Uh, another big goalie, six foot four, two 205 pounds, which is absolutely bonkers. And, you know, he's, he's, he's played well also with Team USA at – at the junior level in the under 18s he won a gold medal and he's won a bronze medal so he he's going to i think that's going to be the USA strength is going to be in net and possibly up front their defense is probably 
something that's going to be going to be tough for them. I mean, they they Tyler Parsons started in the pre-tournament game against Switzerland, and he only he allowed three goals on twenty-four shots, which is it's not really good to see from uh, a guy who ha- who's supposed to be a high-caliber goalie in the in the CHL. So I I, I would expect to see the two American, well, two NCAA guys to battle it out, and it'd be nice to see the NCAA finally get some uh, some proper recognition at at this type of tournament. So now we got to go out to the host country because obviously when you're talking about the World Juniors, especially here in Canada, you can't leave out the host country, Team Canada. After winning gold two years ago back here in Toronto, they've they've really struggled. They struggled last year in Finland, uh, not even making it to the medal round, which was which is really shocking. Losing to Finland, who would end up going on to win the win the tournament. Uh, this year's Team Canada team may not have the same firepower as it's had in the past. Doesn't really have, as you were saying, Jake, a superstar player that you know that Connor McDavid type of guy that or John Tavares that will carry a team so I think if you're looking at this team I mean you got guys like Matthew Barzell you got Pierre-Luc Dubois Julian Gauthier you got Tyson Yost uh let's see if I'm leaving out anybody here um you have Dylan Strom who's who's finally allowed to well once the Arizona let him back to the OHL with became eligible for the tournament then you got on the back end you guys like guys like Thomas Shabbat uh Jake B Dante Fabro uh, Philip Myers, who I'm going to get to in a second here. Then in goal, you have Carter Hart, Connor Ingram. This Team Canada team, as we were saying, doesn't scream out as juggernaut. But do you think they're at least good enough to compete this year in this tournament? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, Canada always competes. You know, they always go out there and, you know, whether they put together a, an underwhelming team or a star-laden team, they're always going to go on as the favorites because, I mean, that's just... That's just who we are as a hockey nation. I mean, you know, Canada's always got a target on their back, and you know, it's it's never a bad place to be. I mean, the kids obviously, you know, love playing on home ice, considering how well we play on home ice. Um, I think I think I don't know if they'll win this tournament, but I think they'll be really good, and I think they will medal. So, you know, again. I'm not too confident in this team. There's just it doesn't sh- it doesn't you know superstar names are not out there. I mean that generally when Canada wins or is dominant, yeah they're good in the back end with the they got great goaltending, but they usually have that superstar player that that Connor McDavid, uh, that John Tavares, you know um, all those guys. But this year they just they don't have it. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just something that that I've noticed and. I think it will hold them back uh, from winning gold. Although we do play really well at home, so I can never put that past them. But I don't, I don't know. What What are you thinking about this? I, I I kind of in the same boat as they don't have that superstar talent. I I just remember there was the one year with the lockout that they sent a bunch of guys who were NHL caliber players, and they in you know you had guys like uh, Ryan Nugent Hawkins, you had Jonathan Juwan, you had. I'm trying to remember who who else exactly went to that tournament. Anthony Math, like you had these big touted prospects, and they absolutely laid an egg. I think it was that was the year they went to Russia. I I, I always have a tough time seeing Canada being the best team in the tournament without having the best player in the tournament, uh, or even just the best top rated player in the world, prospect in the world at the time. So this is where I kind of have to 
say it's going to have to come down to their depth. It's going to have to come down to being more disciplined. I think this has been Canada's problem the last couple of tournaments is staying out of the box. It really cost them against Finland. I mean, you would think he learned twice of giving Patrick Liney any chances to rip you apart on the power play, and they did that last year. And this year's team, they've realized the first couple games in the pre, pre-tournament games that discipline is going to be something they're going to have to watch out for. They're going to have to really watch the bad penalties they take. So if they can stay disciplined and if they can play to their strength, which I think is their depth, I think they'll have a chance. Um, but, I mean, you also have teams that are just getting better in this tournament. I think back when Canada was was having that streak of gold medals, they just weren't challenged enough. And I think other teams have finally stepped up to the play. You know, you got Sweden, Russia, and the U.S. who have really stepped up. Switzerland, and they've Switzerland gotten better. Too. Switzerland's getting better, too, which is uh, which is good to see. I think uh, I think we'll, we're going to get to teams to watch out for and surprise teams, and they could be one of them. I think Canada just has to... They can't take it for granted the the fact that they're hosting and that they're not no longer considered the juggernaut of the world juniors anymore. Uh, I mean, they've won what one medal in the past five years, and it was uh, yeah, it was gold, but it still, was, it was gold. But they also had, I think, probably one of their best teams in recent memory. When you got a guy like that uh, team was stacked: Connor McDavid, I mean, Domi, Duclair, yeah. Nurse. I I feel like every one of those guys is an NHL player. Dude, man, Freddie the Goat was uh was yeah, a big Freddie part the Goat was on was, that team. Too. He was a big part of that team too. He was shut down center. Um, I think what I mean when I was doing research for this because obviously you can't do a World Juniors when you have so many players and so many teams to watch out for. Yeah, I really have to watch. And I was I was looking and Sportsnet had this really good article on this guy Philip Myers, who uh, Philippe, Philippe Myers, Philippe yeah. Myers, who was not even drafted. Let, let's go about the. Let me just give you a little background on this guy. So this guy goes through the draft, doesn't get drafted. The Philadelphia Flyers decide to sign him as an undrafted. Player, six foot five, two hundred ten pound right-handed shot defenseman. This boy. How many teams need a right-handed shot defenseman? Every single one. Every single one. And you're telling me you can't use a six or seven round pick on a guy like like the like him who had forty five points in sixty three games in the queue. Okay, as a defenseman, now he has eighteen and nineteen games in the queue. Uh, I think this guy will make a lot of NHL teams like the Leafs, who I think could absolutely use a right-handed shot defenseman like him. I think he could be a, a an X factor on this blue line. I mean, when you look at Canada, we were talking about having that shutdown defenseman. If he can do that for Canada with his size and his ability to put up points, I think he could be a guy to watch out for. And this is something that uh, Sportsnet had put out. I think. Uh, you you really have and it's gonna he's probably gonna be one of those guys that nobody's really heard of going into turn. Then obviously we're gonna be talking about him here, and we can say, well, we talked about this guy. Um, I think a guy like him, like I, these are the stories I love. I love these types of stories where you get guys who may not have been taking, maybe not have taken later than they should have, or not even taken at all, and come and have a great tournament. I think this is a guy you're gonna have to watch for when you're watching Team Canada. That's the best part of the World Juniors for me is just seeing all the guys that slip through the cracks. I mean, you know, it's not about the guys that were all first-round picks. It's not It's not the draft. I mean, you, you pick the best team possible. I mean, you're not picking a – you're not trying to pick an all-star team here. You're just trying to put together a team. And, you know, obviously Canada's gone away from that a little bit in the past couple of years, and it's kind of good to see. But, you know, hopefully it can put together some better results. 
it's also this is a, a tournament for players that you know honestly not all these players are going to make the NHL. Not all these players are going to go on to have pro careers in in hockey, or they may just go out and end up playing in Europe or something. So this is really a tournament for them to really enjoy and have that spotlight that they may not have going for. A guy that I think of is Cody Hodgson. I remember he was the captain of that 2009 team. Everyone in Vancouver was really excited for them, and then the injuries came up, and he was just never the same player. So I think if you're if you're a young guy going into this tournament, if you're a fan going into this tournament, just really appreciate what these young guys are going to do for your for the you know the country that they're playing for, what's on the line for them, and what could end up being either a good story for them or just a one off for them. Another player also to look out for is uh, the leading goal, actually the leading scorer in the OHL. How the heck does the Tampa Bay Lightning always get so lucky with these bloody Taylor players? Radish? Taylor Radish, six foot two, two hundred seven pound power forward. Okay, right winger. He plays for the Erie Otters. Okay, yep. so he's going to be reunited. Uh, he is going to be reunited with Dylan Strom likely at the tournament uh, on that line. Uh, I think he could. I don't say he's going to be the best player for Team Canada, but he could be a guy that's going to he's going to make uh, other teams pay with his size and his ability to to go to the net hard and and get some good get some good opportunities. He could change a game with his with if he can. Now, obviously, Canada wants guys to be just play two games, but they're also going to need a guy like him that's going to be able to dominate offensively with their size and make it hard for other teams. So, I think he's another guy. If you're looking at the Team Canada roster, obviously you're looking at guys like Barzell and Yost, who I think might lead the team. If I'm looking at a at a team leader in points, I think Tyson Yost will be one of those guys. But I think you're going to have to really watch a guy like uh, like him. And Tampa Bay Lightning uh, fans should be really happy with how their their picks have really worked out for them. It's getting ridiculous how, how they just find these guys every single year. Not just find them, but okay, you're going to have a, a team. They all with, work out, too. They all work out. Uh, like, Tyler Johnson was a guy that came out of the World Juniors with Team USA. People were saying he's too small and never going to make him in the NHL. And look at this. he's He had that great run in the playoffs when uh, when Stamkos was, was out. And you're, you're going to see, again, I mean, the Tampa Lightning have, you know, they have Raj, they have... A couple of other guys, they have Mitchell Stevens from the Saginaw, and they have Anthony Cirelli from the Oshawa Generals, who is also going to have a good tournament, I think. He had a great Memorial Cup for the Oshawa Generals when they won it a couple of years ago. So you're going you're gonna to see, see people give Tampa, Tampa Bay a lot of love. So Leafs fans, don't feel bad because I think the Leafs will have some, some reasons to cheer. Um, but I think Tampa Bay... Lightning, the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be the highlight of this tournament when you look at Team Canada here. So moving on from Team Canada, we're going to kind of go into the nitty-gritty of why Jake's going to go into why he thinks Team Canada is not going to win, and that's because he's going to talk about the other teams. So, Jake, if you're looking at other teams, let, let's, do, let's do this first. What's your ranking of the teams going into this tournament? In terms of talent? Yeah. Uh, that's tough. I I think I would go. Obviously, talent is team Q, team Canada's number one in terms of just overall talent. I mean, you can look at the draft picks and how many first round picks they have. But outside of that, I'd go team Canada, team USA, team Russia, team Sweden, and then roll down to maybe I'm trying to think maybe the Czechs. 
Uh, Czechs aren't really looking good at this turn. They are saying the Czechs. They are got really some players, start. but I mean, they're gonna show. You know, it's think. either them or, or you know, oh sorry, Finland, mm-hmm. and then maybe the Czechs, then Switzerland, Slovakia, uh, Denmark, and then Latvia. Latvia is probably last, even though I wish them well. They get our boy Martin Sturkels. Yeah, and that's another guy who I think is gonna. I mean, he's he's kind of come on the scene too for the Leafs, so. When you're when you're looking at the, I, I'm kind of glad that this year that U.S. and Canada are going to be back in the same in the same group, just because they're going to have uh, I think they're going to have an excellent uh, New Year's Eve clash. I, I've always said this is probably my favorite thing about New Year's Eve, other than getting getting some lovely drinks in my system for midnight. But I think watching Team Canada, Team USA, I, I can't wait for it. I'm already I'm already having people over to watch it. It's going to be absolutely nuts. Um, is there is there a, a matchup that you that you really want going into this tournament? Like a two teams you want to see go against each other, whether it's in the gold medal game or in uh, or in the medal or in the medal rounds or going in, into the uh, or even the the playoff games. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to always try and be picky and, and pick the best best matchups. And for me, you know, it's it has been and always will be Canada Russia. I mean. You know, that's that for everyone that says, oh, Canada, USA is the big rival. I mean, no. Look in international competition. It's it's always us in Russia. I mean, I feel like every time we lose in a final or a, a semifinal, it's it's to the Russians. And wherever we win, it's against the Russians. I mean, that's the team I want to play the most. I think it's it's likely considering they're in the same bracket as us. So there's a potential that we can meet up in the final. And for me, that would be the best possible uh, a matchup, as always, because Canada-Russia, you know, it's, it doesn't need any any more hype than that. It's 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 the best rivalry in, in all of hockey. So. I just remember that game in Buffalo when Canada was up. I think it was... Uh, 3-0 and then blew it and lost 5-3. And then lost 5-3. I, I just remember that because that was when Braden Shedd absolutely went off. And, and then... Obviously, yeah, Evgeny Kuznetsov had the hat trick. Yeah, jeez, that was probably one of the more disappointing losses I think for Team Canada, other than the using losing in overtime to U.S. the U.S. when John Carlson scored. You uh, just gotta love the, the the chippiness. I mean, yeah, they hate each other. I, they legitimately hate each other. I love that they're the two teams that are gonna kick off on Box Day. Canada and Russia are gonna. Uh, this is one or two things is gonna happen. This is gonna be either a chippy game when it's gonna be high scoring. Or one team is going to. I, I I think Canada will win the game. Canada always yep. usually runs off in the fir- that first game, and then when it comes to the second matchup, I think you know the other team kind of gets the better of Canada. And Canada, they tighten up a lot, huh? And they they tighten up a lot, and Canada gets too overconfident. Dylan Strome, this is why I, I was. I and they got to stop with the penalties. Literally yeah. every single year, every I feel year. like they get like ten penalties a game. I just remember last year. This is why I'm it's, not a, it's not even the refing either. Yeah. They they make yeah. it their duty to just help teams out, and, and it, it aggravates me. Yeah, and and I was aggravated. Like, okay, so last year I wasn't even in the country when when the j- tournament was going on. I was on a on vacation, but I was keeping up with the tournament. I just remember this is why I'm not a huge Dylan Strong fan anymore. Is he 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 went on to say that that he wasn't scared of Finland. And he wasn't, and he thought you know he was over. He was really confident in what Canada was going to be able to do against them, and they lose. And not only do they lose, they beat themselves up doing it too. 
so I think for Canada, what what you're gonna have to do is you're just gonna have to not be don't play a confident hand. Realize that you're gonna have to work hard, and that every team is gonna want to beat you, which is the true. This is obvious fact statement, but that you're not gonna go into this tournament overcoming just because you you are on home ice and you feel like you have an advantage because. When you go into a tournament like this, every team has something to prove, and you're gonna—they're gonna have to really watch uh, how overconfident they can be. I mean, when's the last time that Canada's gone into a World Junior and just completely dominated? You could—you could say ever maybe, since the Crosby lockout year when they went like that was oh what is it oh six or oh five? Well, okay, I—I I think when they when they won. Back in Ottawa in 2009, when they had John Tavares, I think that was the last time that they were really dominant. Where they have they didn't lose. Obviously, they they came close against Russia, where Russia almost beat them. But I think that was like the last time that we saw Canada absolutely run the table. Like nobody thought Canada was going to lose. I think I, so. So let's say since 2010, that's where it I just think. doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't. It's, it's, the other teams are just so good. They've gotten so much better. It started with the U.S. with their goaltending. I remember Jack Campbell just absolutely – he came in in relief and just stoned Canada. I mean, he did allow the two goals, but he he also – Was it Jack Campbell or was it John Gibson? No, it was Jack Campbell. In, well, that was the one where Everly scored the tying goal. He, right. Okay, that was also the year that Alex Pietrangelo was on the team. Taylor Hall was on the team. Uh, that was that was a tough year because I thought Canada had that had that game in the bag when they when they tied it up. They had terrible goaltending. Holy smokes! Um, but I think Canada's got they they gonna they kind of understand they need better goaltending. Having guys like Dustin Tatarski and oh just bad name. I just, like when you look at goalies that used to play for Canada. Like where are they anymore? You don't even know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, our, exactly. the biggest one, Justin Pogge, who everyone thought was the World Junior star, could have also been the fact that you no, know, Canada was also so great, such a great juggernaut. You didn't even need a goal. Like I could have been a net for Canada, and they probably would have won. Uh, <laughs> I could go that far and say like, those Team Canada teams are really good. Uh, okay, but uh, I mean, th- this is I, I'm I'm really looking forward to this tournament. I mean. Last year, it was a good tournament for Leafs fans just because the Leafs were not not good. They were terrible last year, and they needed a break. And I thought they got a good break from the World Juniors, other than the fact that Team Canada completely crapped the bed there. Um, but I think I think you're gonna start seeing you're gonna start seeing Leaf fans pay a little more attention to this tournament when they have the prospects going there. I think. No, having... Which they have. I feel like in the past the Leafs have never had uh, six, five, four uh, prospects going. They've usually had one, and it's never been. It's it's always been a bit player, a guy that's that's never expected to do much, just to go in and contribute. And I mean, they have legitimately five huge pieces in this tournament who are going to be really big pieces for their team. I mean, Brocco, I said he's going to lead the team in points. I mean, Kurotsalev, he's going to be counted on for offense for the Russians, who are going to be really good. Durkles mm-hmm. is the captain of Latvia. Grundstrom is the assistant captain for, for Sweden. And Joseph Wall might be the starting goalie. I mean, just think a couple years ago before Shanahan got here. I mean, you know, it's like, hey, we're watching Freddy the Goat. It's like, okay, you're watching it 
just to like laugh because it's yeah. not like he's going to do anything in the tournament because that's not his game. He's a he's a nice player and obviously he's a great guy. Everybody loves him, but I mean he's just he's just not a guy that you know you have to watch the tournament to go see. I mean, uh, to be honest, how I watch a lot of hockey and guys who I haven't seen on a daily basis. I haven't seen any of these guys. You know, I see bits and, and pieces of them, but you know, this is why I love this tournament. You get to see the future of the NHL and you know, finally the Leafs have some of the future NHL stars and it's not as high caliber as last year where you got to watch, you know, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, but you're still watching some pretty good player prospects for the Leafs and there's a lot to be excited about mm-hmm. for this year and beyond. Yeah. And so, so kind of in closing notes here, uh, your your pick to win the tournament. It's tough. I think it's I can't pick, but if I had to, I would say Russia, just because they always find a way to get there. I, I'm pretty sure they've medaled like six years in a row or something. They just always find a way. Yeah, and they also always find a way to harp, you know. Break the hearts of Russian uh, hockey fans too. Let's not forget Canadian that. Canadian hockey fans. Let too. Um, I I I I'm always wanted to be the home guy and pick Canada. So I mean I'm gonna give Canada a fighting chance here. But if oh, not, I'm giving them a fighting chance. I just oh, don't think they'll win the tournament. I I think if it's not them, it's gonna be Sweden. Uh, I mean Sweden just got Alex Nylander for the tournament. He I think he's gonna he he's got something to prove after uh, last year and. And you also there's also that um, the defenseman prospect we didn't even get a, get a chance to talk to, but he's a two thousand Rasmus Dahlin, a 2018. This is like 2018 draft eligible prospect that they're already saying is going to be better than Eric Carlson. He's going to go number one overall more than likely next year. So if you're a Leafs fan and you're hoping for more tanking in the future, um, that's the guy up. you tank for. I, I don't think we'll be that bad, but uh, uh, he's a really really good player. He, he's uh He's a franchise defenseman for sure. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, I want to thank you guys. And also, Jake, I thought I'd like to mention this. Uh, I had a family Christmas party uh, with my with my dad's side of the family because we obviously can't – we all have a hard time getting together on Christmas Day. And I actually got a little, uh, little note from my cousin's uh, husband who told us that his brother, Jordan, if you're listening, shout out to you who's been uh, – apparently listened to all the podcasts and loves what – listening to us uh, I thought I'd give a little shout out there uh, give a little good note that we're actually maybe get, reaching out to some people which is good and on behalf of I don't know if uh, Chris is going to do another podcast before Christmas but if not uh, on behalf of Tip of the Tower and everyone here we want to wish you all a Merry Christmas make and sure a Happy Holidays and a Happy New Year and a Happy New Year uh, I think we got to make a new holiday for World Junior it's like the World Junior holiday or something because Boxing. Nobody goes to work then. Honestly, so. why do we call it boxing? We should call it World Juniors Day or something. Because I think it's, it's got to be changed. It has to be. Um, so if you if you want to listen to us, please make sure you go on to iTunes or onto SoundCloud and subscribe to our pages. Uh, check us out on Twitter at for at Tip of the Tower on Facebook. Uh, Tip of the Tower. Check out tipofthetower.com for our latest pieces. Jake's going to have some good prospect stuff coming out. I got a really good, well, we'll see if it's a very good Austin Matthews piece coming out soon. Uh, So have a Merry Christmas, everyone. Be safe. Don't eat too much. If you do eat too much, make sure you uh, burn it off skating on the skating rinks outside. And enjoy your new year.
Tavares backhand towards the goal. Loose puck. And he scores! Can you believe it? In comes Tavares. Walks in. We score! Tavares again. Canada's back in. One by Natlin, the point picks off the clearing attempt, point drops it back, in comes Bartomeu, shoots the
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.